Hey, welcome back to the Hope and Mum and Dad podcast. This is episode six. I'm Becky and this is Fuzz. So we're here to talk to you about our new podcast. This is all about our infertility journey and our imminent procedure with IVF. So how's it going, Fuzz? It's going okay. I'm pretty tired. I've, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm really excited for everyone to listen to this podcast today. It was... um, it was both. A, it was a. Te- it was an interesting interview, and I didn't really speak too much. I was literally nursing this very old 2014 MacBook Pro. Apple, if you're listening, I will gladly take a brand new one off your hands <laughs> uh, for free, obviously, because <laughs> two grand. Um, but yeah, no, we had loads of technical issues with uh, with the recording of it. Everything's good. Everything's good. I got all the hardware. Everything's figured out. It's been a bit tricky getting certain cables and stuff like that because we had to change the whole setup to do um, remote guests because mm-hmm. we never really planned on doing remote guests. It was always um, we were always planning on doing in person stuff because yeah. for my podcast, um, you know, never going home with Fuzz, shameless plug, <laughs> available everywhere. Um, you can well, yeah, that was the same for me as well. So like basically for that whole episode i was like using ice blocks and cooler blocks and like and a fan and a fan and just trying to keep this macbook pro from not overheating because as soon as it got to like 80 degrees things started twitching out and we were a little bit late and i was just like right i need to just get this done so Mm. i wasn't really listening i wasn't really listening i wasn't really (laughs) i wasn't really doing too much talking i was just literally keeping an eye on the temperature and producing so um, but li- like putting in the show together, which will follow in a minute when me and Becky wrap this little conversation up. But when um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm really excited for people to listen to it and hear it. Um, it was really cool to hear other people's story with IVF, um, you know, and Liz and Nick, really fun, friendly yeah. people. So it's, so it's just nice to, you know, hear from people. And that's kind of why we started the podcast in the first place. Definitely. I was just so excited to have them on because Liz and Nick are kind of like heroes. They're a big deal. Don't you know who I am? (laughs) In the trying to conceive community. Nick Um, looks like um, one of the supporting actors in Gavin and Stacey. One of Smithy's mates. I can't remember the name. I don't even know if you're... They had such weird names. Yeah. I don't even think you're allowed to We were talking about that afterwards while we were producing it, weren't we? Um, But yeah. We were producing. You were doing all the magic with the editing. Um. But yeah, I was really pumped to have Liz and Nick on because they're, like you say, a big deal. Oh my God. <laughs> they feature on the at Big Fat, Big Fat Negative podcast. Mm. And um, it's yeah. It's kind of good that I'm naive. Talking, We were talking about this as well. Not naive, but I'm kind of... Not as plugged in. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, it definitely. means you can ask questions in a more naive way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, if, I was, if I was like watching 10 million... Way. Yeah. Like 10 million social channels talking mm. about it all, I'd be like... I'd think of a question, but then I wouldn't ask it because yeah. I'd worry about looking stupid. Whereas I just look stupid all the time. <laughs> you don't look fine. stupid. Not at all. I think you probably give a lot of people confidence because you're in the same... Because if an idiot like me can talk <laughs> about it, then anyone can talk but about it. But you're in the same boat as lots of other people, aren't you, who are just new to it. And because you're not like in that Instagram mm. community, um, you don't hear what's going on with other people. Also, uh, I think, like we, br- we talked about it briefly before, but... Um, to be honest, there's not much we can do. We just no. gotta wait for our appointment. Mm-hmm. Go to get your appointment. Wait for the appointment. And yeah, I think men uh, can switch off from that a bit easier than women because 
it's your body is connected every month you get a reminder that you know it's something's not mm. worked the way you wanted it to so so it's easiest for us it's easier for us guys to um you know like just put it aside and be like compartmentalize that unless your name's fuzz and you live with becky for two weeks of the month where i go like crazy a, what are we gonna get you know like shopping this is just like baby bread beans <laughs> like baby bread beans <laughs> baby bread beans yeah so it was amazing to have liz and nick on and they were sharing their experience mm. and how they've been through ivf quite a few times yeah. now still positive though yeah really positive and the next steps of their journey they talked to us about um seeking out kind of different pathways as ivf hasn't yeah we won't give too much away because we want you to listen to this podcast which yeah. is uh, a miracle it was like an ivf podcast in itself the amount of technology <laughs> and tinkering and yeah everything. we definitely set off ourselves a challenge of starting this podcast during the pandemic yeah. um but we've done our best and yeah i think there's been technical issues on nearly every episode oh. but fortunately <laughs> our Free. guests yeah our guests have been really patient and um they're really you know mm. being really thought thoughtful for coming on and like well, having I've, got this interview. New, I've got some new um some new equipment and stuff turn up um so we've got backup equipment it's just so annoying. It, it's basically the temperature. Yeah. It's the temperature. Probably that doesn't help that it's been hot lately as well. Yeah. So I think I got a lot of that podcast like when I was putting it together because at the time I was kind of not totally distracted, but kind of focusing on like getting it done. Making sure it happened with no interruption. Yeah. So um, I, list, I listened to it again when we put it together and uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting. Hello, Liz and Nick, Operation Foxbrio and Mr. Operation Foxbrio. How are you doing? Good. It's so great to have you on the podcast. And if anyone is listening back, they will never know that we just had to repeat that because of technical issues. Lol. So smooth. Absolutely. Smooth as F. Um, So how was your day? Yeah, doing okay. I mean, to be fair, it's, our lives are fairly boring at the moment. Yeah, I can look out the window and see the nice weather. Can't oh. see it. Yeah, so we're both working from home. I'm downstairs, Nick's upstairs. And we meet occasionally for lunch, and that's, that's about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Lockdown life. Proper lockdown life in our house. Proper lockdown life. Oh, so... <laughs> Yeah, we're all getting on, I guess, aren't we? It's been a bit hard for us trying to conceive crew, though, I think, harder in some cases. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's I think it's difficult, especially now, because things are easing a little bit. So you've got a lot of people who are starting treatment, kicking off treatment, resuming treatment. And I guess for you guys, nothing's really started yet. No, so we are like trying to conceive babies in terms of IVF, <laughs> like literally in the paddling pool waiting to get in. <laughs> Would recommend staying that way, but it's probably not going to get you where you want to be. So. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> um, so obviously I've been following you for quite a while, um, like I said, on my personal account. And now we've, we've fully immersed ourselves into the trying to conceive IVF community with Instagram and we're out. <laughs> um, yay. yay. So, um, 
you are currently, you guys are currently on the Big Fat Negative podcast sharing your story. So would you like to share with everyone where you guys are at in your journey and how things have been for you in general? Yeah, so, I mean, do you want to go? Uh, you tell it so much better than me. Are you sure? Yeah, carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we got married back in 2015 and um, decided that we wanted to expand our family. And so we kind of did this, this standard two years, um, you know, regularly um, getting down to it, and <laughs> basically. So... I was very keen to go and see the doctor and to sort of find out what was going on because that is my nature. I'm just like, I just need to know what's happening um, so that I can just sort it out and figure out a way through. Um, but you were not keen. No, I was a head in the sand type of, uh, yeah. type of guy. Yeah. So I well, find... I didn't want to hear the bad news. Well, no, because you don't want to hear bad news. But I just feel like at least if we know we can deal with it. Um, so basically we discovered that, uh, Nick has anti-sperm antibodies, um, which means that his body refers them or, or reacts to them as if they're like a foreign object. Um, and so doesn't allow them to, um, go and penetrate an egg. So that's kind of initially what we were told was stopping us from getting pregnant. And we were referred for IVF, ICSI, almost straight away. Um, yeah. We actually ended up going on having, doing a private round initially because um, my BMI was too high for the NHS. I remember um, in your first episode, you saying how your dad kind of wangled you a bit of a deal at his clinic or at the clinic below his work. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. How convenient that it was just those working. I know, thoughts. I know. And of all the people, my dad's like sauntering into like, <laughs> can you do me a deal, please? Yeah, can you sort my daughter out with a baby? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we ended up uh, having a round with them and had a bit of it, had a few issues with um, transfer and things like that. And we didn't really get a massive number of, we got, very few eggs really, didn't we? So four. Four. Um, so it kind of, you know, we sort of realized early on that we didn't have particularly high numbers. So it was likely that my egg reserve was pretty low, um, which was a, equally a contributing factor to the reason we weren't kind of getting pregnant. Um, and so we actually ended up having two funded rounds on the NHS as well. Um, neither of which were remotely successful. One resulted in no eggs and one resulted in zero fertilization of four eggs, um, which we didn't even realize was a thing. So. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you think you go, you're going to go through IVF, so you're going to have an embryo and it's going to go in you and it will be fine. Yeah. So we basically had like three rounds of IVF, but we've only ever transferred one embryo. Mm. Um, and after that, we kind of took a bit of time because we were feeling pretty battered and bruised about the delicate. whole thing, very delicate. And um, we then started exploring various options that were available to us, whether or not we consider more IVF or we actually look towards adoption to expand our family. And we have decided to 
uh, go towards the donor egg option. So we are exploring um, donor eggs and we're probably going to kind of go down that road and see where that takes us, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. I loved listening to your big reveal last week on it was really nice and it's so hard for you guys to make that decision decision um because like you say there's so much to to take on board and weigh up and think about and i think you it sounded like from the podcast in the last few weeks that you kind of really battled in your own minds personally not between each other but you know about which way you kind of wanted to go yeah you um called the adoption lady yeah uh, like um what the day after yeah. we found out we fell up third round yeah because i just never planned so for me adoption was like definitely kind of on the cards and i think you're absolutely right in that we just really weren't sure which way we wanted to go and we never wanted adoption to feel like a sort of second option mm. um because i think you know, you want to go into it 100%, um, making that child, potential child or potential children feel like they are everything. And yeah. I think for me, I just didn't feel the emotional connection the more I looked into it that I hoped that I would feel. Um, because I think in the back of my head, there was still this potential normal option to consider um, with, you know, being able to carry a baby and I think I definitely didn't appreciate how important carrying a child was going to be to me until it became a reality that it might not happen. Yeah. Um, Maybe so yeah. It's, it's almost like possibly it's difficult to get over that step because naturally you would um, conceive and like you say, carry a child and be pregnant. And that's part of your journey to becoming a mum. So it's kind mm. of in, in the, different sense if you adopt or um if you have a surrogate you kind of skip that step so it's kind of i suppose looking a bit more at the male perspective in a way where they just get a baby put in their arms and they're a dad so it's kind of trying to shift your mindset and get used to it that way yeah definitely and you were really good weren't you at just kind of letting me go through these different phases and you were very much you know kind of of the opinion just like you said really that I would never have the opportunity to be pregnant anyway, so I don't really understand. Yeah, that was your, well, not decision to make, but um, to get put into your head yeah. what you wanted to do. Yeah, and you were really supportive of that, so it was good. Like, I know, because Nick was always very much team adoption, weren't you? Um, so I never felt guilt about the fact that I just didn't have that or I was struggling with that emotional connection, which made the decision less stressful for me, for sure. Well, I think I was, I was pro, well, I am pro-adoption, but I was also quite impatient. And I think you have to wait six months post-treatment before you can adopt. Yeah. And I thought, if we go for another round and it doesn't work, that's the the clock starts again for another six months. But if mm. we try now, the six months will come quicker. Mm. Yeah. I mean, wow. It is, you've been on a hell of a ride really, haven't you? Yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a long, it's been a long old road, I think, isn't it? And it's weird because kind of getting closer to 
going through IVF again, which is scary in itself. Um, but certainly with donated eggs, it's really hard not to kind of, I guess, feel a bit like you guys do in mm. terms of just that excitement of yeah. actually being able to do something active and, you know, the, the possibility that it might work um, mm. because it's such a major shift in what we've done before. But I'm also trying to kind of be quite realistic with myself about the fact that, you know, it is, it is IVF and it is still not guaranteed. So, yeah. yeah hard not to get excited about it to be honest it's so hard to find that balancing act I think between being hopeful and then being realistic because yeah. I mean when you've got all your hopes and dreams on having a baby come to your family to grow it kind of all you ever want it's oh it's so hard isn't it to just let go and be like you say realistic and wow um so in terms of um the pandemic and now you've decided to use donor eggs. I know today you were talking on your stories about um, the process of choosing. How, how are you finding that? Yeah, it's quite weird. I mean, we kind of likened it very much to how we met really, because we met online. We're like, you know, we're an internet couple. Um, and, you know, you put in your criteria and you feel like, you know, select your sort of things that you would like and wouldn't like in your donor. So it's it's a bit like that, really, isn't it? You sort of get this catalogue and then you have to, um, you know, select what colour eyes you prefer and what colour hair you prefer. And um, it's, wow. it's such a weird thing to, to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like any internet shopping, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Try and add to basket. Yeah. It's literally add to basket. Wow. And when you said having having a catalogue, it made me think of like um, a donor egg Argos catalogue kind of thing. <laughs> like you flick through, this is the green eye colour section and this is a lady in her 30s. And <laughs> yeah, it must be so strange. It is really weird. And I think because I uh, speak with a lot of ladies who are also looking at sort of donor um, conception and every single one of us, I think, has considered it in a slightly different way so I think there are some people who wait for what they call like a live match so they're able to sort of match with an individual who will then go through egg collection and they will sync up their cycles so they go yeah. for like a transfer um some people like me have gone for or us have gone for eggs that are already frozen so they've already been collected so they're sitting in like an egg bank and then obviously there's the whole concept of like anonymous donation, which tends to happen abroad versus known donors, um, which, you know, again, a friend of ours is, is doing that. So they know and have met their donor, but they're not a family member. Um, and then we're doing obviously, I guess, semi-anonymous, I suppose. Yeah, they've got the opportunity to meet when they're 18 or yeah. not necessarily meet, but contact them. contact yeah so any donor that we select will have the opportunity to contact any potential child when they're 18 or vice versa I the other way around. no they both they oh. can do it they can do it both ways there you go so wow. yeah and that's like that's law in the uk so if you go for any uk donor um and that's what puts a lot of people off being donors because the, the anonymization thing has disappeared now so 
people are like a bit unsure about being contacted like 18 years down the line by a potential a potential child yeah, yeah. So they also have the opportunity to uh, write a letter which is included in their bio on the website yeah so it's quite you get to know people a little bit that way as well so because it's quite an altruistic thing to do, I think, isn't it? Donate your sperm or your eggs. Um, but I think sometimes the way it is portrayed in film and TV, especially like 10, 20 years ago, um, they, they kind of made out like, oh, that's something that people just do to make money. But I think a lot of the time now it's, it's more altruistic and people are doing it because, you know, they want to help someone else. But then you have to consider that, yeah, like you said, that maybe in 18 years time or longer, if they've been in the freezer, someone might contact you and be like, oh, hello, I'm your genetic child. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really, I think, big ask from people. And we listened to an interview with a lady who had donated her eggs. And that was really helpful actually to hear like her insights into how she felt about the fact that she had donated. So she was very much like, I don't know if I want kids, so I'm kind of doing it to help someone else out, which is great. But she was also sort of saying, as far as I'm concerned, I'm donating like a gamete, I'm donating a cell. Like I'm not, I don't think really of the child that might become from that cell. I'm just, and I don't see any emotional connection for me. Yeah. Um, which is really helpful to hear, actually, mm. especially if you're going for someone who is like potentially going to contact, you know, a future child. You don't want them to be thinking of your child as their child just because it's a genetic. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's yeah. a bit of a minefield, to be honest. And yeah, yeah so we sort of talk quite a lot about. Yeah, I suppose if you if you know that the donor is thinking about it on a more of a genetic cellular level, then it's kind of you know, almost putting, um, like, I don't know, something in place to kind of, um, kind of put you at ease in a way and help you make that decision. Yeah, definitely. Because you, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's a really kind lady out there who's donated some eggs. That means that potentially we could be parents. And I yeah. think you need to be really unthreatened by that to be able to then, allow it to be part of your potential family. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to know that generally people don't see it as being a, this, you're basically raising my child because yeah. that's not, you know, it's not the case, it's not the case legally. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it, I guess it throws into concept the whole, um, definition of the term mother because your mother is someone who's raised you and looked after you and nurtured you from however long you know that's that's where it's so different for everybody but oh it's really exciting now that you've decided and and yeah. now, once you've once you've picked your donor because clinics are opening again now can you kind of get back into the swing of things and start treatment yeah, so um, we've kind of contacted our clinic and they said that, yeah, um, once we sort of selected a donor and then all and bought the eggs and all that sort of stuff, we can organise for things to get going again. They've suggested that I might want to have a mock embryo transfer just to make sure that there are no issues anymore. That's quite standard. 
with you as well as we come to stand with me um mm-hmm. so we need to do that but yeah it's a case of let's get going i won't be allowed in no no me on my own so yeah very very similar so i think what a lot of clinics are doing at the moment just single person in face masks on very kind of you know, obviously sterile and making sure that there aren't many patients milling around and nobody's coming into contact with each other and everyone's wearing the correct PPE. So, yeah, they've sent out cell guidance as to what they're going to do. Like that's a foreseeable future, isn't it? It'll be interesting for you both because obviously you've never experienced that before, having had all your treatment pre-pandemic when everything was normal. Yeah, and I guess you're kind of hopefully going into the cleanest place you can go into by being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so too worried about it. But yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. It's it's you know, it's it's scary at the same time because you're setting yourself up for a bit of a yeah. potentially a bit of a fall again. Um mm. and it's really hard not to be, be like a bit of a negative Nancy. Yeah, I mean, that is would be a huge deal for us because, you know, we've had obviously issues with socialization stuff in the past. So I guess trying to look at it in a, a staged thing yeah. is kind that of the way we Yeah, definitely, definitely. What about you guys? Have you guys had any contact from the clinic yet? We've had zero news. Um... But last night I did have a dream, but nothing came of it today. <laughs> I dreamt I dreamt that they asked me to come in for a scan and I don't think that's even normal procedure. <laughs> um, I think obviously they come and get us to sign some forms first and talk about a treatment plan. So um, it was a very out there dream, but um, hopefully in the next few weeks we'll hear. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice because you must be the same as us like, seeing everybody online kind of starting treatment and stuff, you feel a little bit left behind, but yeah. you know, you know it's for the right reasons because they wanted to make sure that everything is safe for you and things, but definitely. I mean it's um it's kind of almost a bit of that twinge of um pregnancy announcement uh guilt. Uh not guilt but jealousy at first, you know, oh, wow. Like hopeful for them and excited for them, but at the same time like, oh I wanna be doing it too. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. How do you guys feel about starting, you know, potentially going into it and starting treatment? I'm, like you said, excited. Um, I am really excited about it, um, but I think that's probably quite naive because I know that things might not be quite straightforward, you know. Um, like, we've got the male factor and then obviously my thyroid issues to contend with. So, I mean, before... Uh, the lockdown commenced I was under my consultant for my thyroid and having blood tests every six weeks so fingers crossed nothing's gone haywire but if they ring us within the like next I don't know six weeks or or less then they might do a blood test on me and find out that I've gone all squiffy again so we'll just see that might just be another hurdle that we face I don't know how do you feel Fuzz? Um, Right now I feel pretty stressed because I feel like it's anything's going to go wrong and this podcast <laughs> is going to go Sorry. No, I'm just literally... No, 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 I'm just... I'm, uh, I'm having a bit of a backseat on this one because I've got ice packs underneath a MacBook and I'm, like, checking audio <laughs> levels and I'm not letting this go south. So I've been <laughs> producing and not being a part of it for this one. But, yeah, no, like, I mean, I think um, in general that... I'm pretty naive. I just 
I'm not gonna worry about a problem that hasn't happened yet. I'm just mm. gonna wait for our appointment and go. Like the waiting bit is the bit that sucks because you're just like, oh my god, hurry up! And when you see everyone out like doing non-essential things, it mm. kind of get, pisses me off a bit because you think, well, if this goes bad again, that means our important stuff and people's cancer treatments and you know all these things are going to get affected again. So like, I don't know, but. It, the whole, I got, I'm not very positive about the whole lockdown <laughs> in general. I think, I think the government have really messed it up and there's a lot of people, not include, I'm not including ourselves because we can't really complain really. I think we're lucky to have NHS treatment. Um, really lucky after speaking to Ed, um, who's on last week's podcast. Um, but yeah, he was talking about like procedures elsewhere. So we can't complain, can't grumble because we are super lucky to have IVF treatment like we do in the UK but if this lockdown gets a second wave or things you know if we get another peak and everything goes bad that means like our potential treatment could be pushed back another six months a year two years right so people you know and it's also because people are selfish and they just want to do the things that they want to do like we've been pretty good with the lockdown my main concern is like keeping Becky safe and well <laughs> because if she gets you know, the virus thing, you know, no one likes to think about it or talk about it, but it can kill you, but ho hopefully not. Like, that's not like a, a common case type of thing, but it can. Um, so that's something to worry about. But then if you get it and, it and you and you get it and it's a mild version of it, then I'm thinking about it from like a, from a risk point of view. And from the clinic's point of view, they don't want anyone that's even been close to anyone with the virus or, you know, cause they're going to be open to, to if people suing them and also, you know, like just from, from, from a business black and white point of view, if either of us gets the virus, that clinic is going to really not want us anywhere near there. So wow. I, yeah, I'm kind of treating lockdown like we all were in the beginning. Well, like most of us were in the beginning because Right now is probably the time where it's, you're more likely to pick it up now than you were in the beginning because everyone's out like licking door handles and <laughs> throwing ice cream to each other and stuff. And it's, it's just bananas. I'm not very positive on them, on the lockdown thing, you know? I think, yeah. I think it's a mistake and I think it's probably going to get a lot worse and I just hope that we get our appointment and manage to avoid getting ill before that happens. Yeah, well, um, interestingly, we obviously know that all the clinics are doing COVID testing and we both follow good with Nick and she had her COVID test today and it looked really eye-watering. Yes, I think it's, it involves sticking something up your nose, which sounds yeah. horrendous. Mm. So, yeah. don't know. I would just, I would ask to have it. I, you don't want it to ruin your treatment either. Yeah. You don't want to like get it and then start your treatment and then yeah, I think at the Wales Fertility Institute, they are definitely doing it at least once. I'm wondering whether they'll do you as well, Fuzz, because you'll have to do a sample. But, I mean, are you, is that the case for you too? Do you know if you're going to have to have it? They haven't mentioned anything. Um, yeah, I was wondering how they get my sample. So I just throw it through the window. Yeah, you were well, thinking. What happened to me was... Have you actually not given a sample yet? No, so um, Nick's a oh. home kind of oh. guy. Nice. Um, the stress is too much for me. Yeah, you get the fear, don't you? 
You're a bit closer to Cardiff as well, aren't you? So it's a bit easy traffic. I tried the, doing it at home and bringing it in, and it was like it was like speed minus Sandra Bullock, though. It was just like yeah. racing through Dennis Lane's, like at the legal speed limit, of course, and uh, trying to get there. And then I got there, got lost, and I just had this face to fight. And then you got you got a pot with you. You just like, oh great, I'm I'm annoyed, I'm stressed, and I've got this pot with me. Like <laughs> things could. <laughs> That was like the last time I brought it in, and I was waiting for someone to hand it to, and no one would take it from me. <laughs> someone take this from me. Yeah. It's just sat next to me in the waiting room going, anybody, can yeah, anyone you know, just... take my sample, please? Because <laughs> <sighs> yeah. we were like the first day, and it was really early in the morning, so there was, yeah, everyone was just kind of arriving to work and getting themselves mm. settled. Let's just like running around the corridors with this pot, just trying to hand it to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about doing the clinic once, but I had to use the room they do it in into the toilet. And while I was going to the toilet, I could hear everyone outside the room. Hmm. Oh, it's not fair. Um, yeah, and there was an aspirin, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, I looked around at the chair, and there was an aspirin on the vinyl chair. Oh god. <laughs> IVF's gone pretty unromantic as it is. I want to keep some mystery. Yeah. Oh, bless you. So I do feel for you guys. It's not cool. No, it's it's not fun, is it, though? It's not good. I mean, we live around the corner from Heath as well, so it was ideal um, when we were in the Heath. But to be fair, we're only in the centre of Cardiff now with the London Women's Clinic, so it's not too bad. Um, you were going to see that on the train once, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was really snowing. I couldn't. This train had been cancelled. That was panic. Got to train station, <laughs> cancelled. Where are you? I need the car. Yeah, please, quick. <laughs> it's melting. No. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, uh, so now, like, how? What's the next step for you then? Are you just waiting for the go ahead from the clinic? Yeah. So we just um. We've uh, bought some eggs. Lovely. Bit of a spoiler. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have bought some eggs, and so we're just That's waiting exciting. now. Go ahead from various people to to get moving. So, woo! That's really yeah. exciting. Oh, well, yeah. when when you have started that process, it would be wonderful to have you back on again um, to talk to you about how things are going, if you feel like it. Yeah, of course. I'm yeah, it's been lovely to have you on, and I'm really glad that you reached out and said, "Hey, we'll come on," because I've been putting my DMs out there. It's definitely good to um, <laughs> just catch up with everyone, go through similar stuff, and yeah. you know, share the progress and stuff like that. Because it just, you know, there's just so much waiting involved. It's nice to hear from people that have got positive things, you know. So yeah, and that uh, hopefully it will be a little bit easier next time. We had a few technical, a few technical issues, so <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that should be a lot better. No worries. It was lovely to chat to you guys. And yeah. uh, I will be watching with bated breath and hoping that the clinic get in touch with you very, very soon. Yeah, um, and um, we started doing this thing. We're kind of trialling it out at the moment. But we're, um, we're hanging out, uh, doing a Twitch every Tuesday at 8pm. So um, it's just, it's kind of like, um, you know. <laughs> what is a Twitch? Can you please explain that to us? Because we have yeah. no idea. So I was sure I knew. <laughs> 
<laughs> I um, have only just got into it myself. But basically, Twitch is a live streaming place. So it's it's kind of like imagine like um, like a public Zoom. So you just hang out. Um, a lot of people play games and stuff. So we were playing like Crash Bandicoot and a couple of the retro games we grew up with. Just have the welcome on. But there's a chat room, so people can we we can just talk about what we've been up to. It's more of a, like a hangout, and it's just a, a I don't know. It's a it's kind of like a step further than like DMs and Instagram and stuff. It's just like an actual physical place to hang out and just talk about stuff and you know whatever. But yeah, like we're giving it a go. We're we're still fairly new to it, and I'm terrible at Crash Bandicoot, and Becky's better than me, so we need to get a different game. I've never heard of it. Oh. You'll you'll know about it if you tune in at Tuesday. I, I will, yeah, yeah, I will. No, that be good. It's a nostalgic game from like more than twenty years ago, really. Yeah. Okay. You'll you'll get back and watching. I I might set up uh, Tomb Raider because Becky literally shits herself playing Tomb Raider in the front room with the big speakers. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. Lara, what are you doing? I do rarely play games, but I I love it when I do, and I I freak true, out. I feel like I'm there. True story. When um I downloaded Tomb Raider for Becky to play, the first thing she said was, "Ooh, Lara's had a haircut." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I'm very into the graphics, probably because of my art background, but hey-ho. <laughs> cool, right, we'll, uh, we'll uh, catch up with you guys in a bit, and you know, good luck with uh, all the progress and stuff. And, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for coming on, it's been fabulous to talk to you. Very welcome, Thanks. thank you for having us, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Yeah, enjoy your evening, we'll talk soon. And you, bye. bye. So that was really, really fun. Really enjoyed uh, speaking to Liz and Nick, and we'll definitely have them back on. And you know, it's nice to be building a community—not building a community, but being part of a community, mm-hmm. especially you know locally. Yeah, like it's tangible. We, yeah, we could like actually meet up and catch up, and you know, maybe do family days one day. Who mm. knows? That's um, a dream. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and obviously it doesn't stop locally um, because of the internet. This is why we did this podcast because we can connect with people all over the place, like North mm-hmm. America, Korea, you know, Asia, everywhere. So it's really awesome. And it's good to know the differences between each kind of area too. Yeah, definitely. And next week we have lined up another super episode. Uh, we'll be interviewing Kev from At The Man Cave. And he is doing a lot on Instagram to raise awareness for the male factor in infertility. Um, so I can't wait to speak to him. Um And it would also be great, as we're such a new fledgling podcast, if you um, get in touch with us and let us know what you'd like to hear. Mm. Uh, Let us know if you want to come on. And if you want... Come out, hang out, just talk about stuff. Yeah. We are hanging out every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on Twitch. And on Twitch, it's twitch.tv forward slash hoping mum and dad. Yeah, just just type in hoping mum and dad in the search bar on Twitch if not. But yeah, Mm. it's pretty easy to find us and we just... It's hang kind out. of yeah. It's <laughs> like it's like a hangout. It's um, we just play games and um, be silly. We will probably do like we give a little update on what's going on mm-hmm. at the beginning, but then you know there's no strict format and it's not like just about IVF. But what we thought we could do would be ha- like have a space where we could hang out and people could drop in because the way Twitch, the way that Twitch works, um, you got like a chat, um, so we could just be hanging out playing games. Uh, and then you know people can drop in and let us know what's going on and we can speak to them while we're doing it and you get to see both Becky kick my ass at Crash Bandicoot and 
Becky shit herself when we play scary games, shooting zombies. Yeah, like last night, this is us. Zombies were trying to get me and it was not cool. I I I was trying to direct you. I was like, no, press L2 to reload. And you, ah, turn down to (laughs) Smashing it all. Your brother was like watching it. It Yeah, I needed a drink after that. It was intense. It's stressful watching you play the game. Yeah, I'm just reliving it now a little bit and getting a tight chest. It's not, I don't know how good it is for me. Mm. Um, But it would be great. for you to let us know that Mm. you're listening uh you can find us on spotify itunes um podcast.com acast basically anywhere you can get a podcast you'll find ours and itunes is separate as well but it's all connected so please leave us a review and get in touch on instagram too instagram at hoping mom and dad and i mean I try and be as active there as possible, but yeah. I've had so many... You don't so leave many... Instagram. Becky is living on Instagram. 20%. Yeah, well, this week it hasn't been so much the case because I am super clumsy and dropped my phone yeah. on the toilet. So well, <laughs> if, you go to, um, if you go to iTunes and leave us a little review mm-hmm. and a like, that helps other people in the same situation that might find the podcast a good source to just like be part of a community and talk, mm-hmm. about, talk about stuff. Um, and also, if you're watching on YouTube... Um, if you're listening to this and you didn't know it was on YouTube, it's on YouTube if you're a YouTube type of people. Mm-hmm. So hit the like button, give us a thumbs up, and even subscribe to us if you want to just get a notification Ooh. for the next one. 